0: In this week's Parsha, Parsha's Kitsetze, we learn uh, a very interesting, controversial uh, idea. Kitsetze le-Milchama. Ki means when you go out to war on your enemies, and it talks about waging war on an enemy in what's called a milchamis Reshus, a permissible battle, not an obligatory battle, not a mandatory battle to wage against the inhabitants of the land of israel or malik the arch enemy of the jewish people but rather um, in in an effort to just expand the land of israel which is permissible um and or against an enemy that's attacking you there it might be a mandatory however and the torah tells you about finding a captive woman from the enemy nation who the Torah describes as Ashes Yifas Tohar, a woman of beautiful form. And you desire her for a wife. So the Torah gives a procedure for, for marrying her. You bring this non Jewish woman home, which is a very strange concept, we'll talk about it in a moment. And you shave her head. And you either make her grow her nails long or according to some opinions cut her nails and remove her her captivity clothing on it was uh the the nations would dress women up in in beautiful clothing in times of war so that they would not be killed instead they would be taken as slaves or something like that and so you take off her beautiful garments and um and then she sits in mourning in your house for a month over her mother and her father and she cries for them for a full month. She mourns for having lost her family and then if you still are interested you can marry her as a wife. Now, The whole concept is very very strange and very foreign to us. Um, Why would we allow such a thing? In Judaism, you're not allowed to convert someone to Judaism for marriage just because you want to marry them. There's a story of a friend of mine who was a convert to Judaism. And at a young age, around 16, he decided he wanted to convert after having had some crazy uh, spiritual experiences and dreams and and crazy stuff happened to him. He went in to see a rabbi and the rabbi's first question is, what's the girl's name? Assuming that he wanted to convert to Judaism in, in order to marry a Jewish girl and uh, he said no no there's no girl and uh, the rest is history um, but we don't convert someone for marriage if someone uh, converts for marriage it might not even be a kosher conversion so a person has to convert because they want to be a member of the Jewish people they want to serve God as a Jew so why are we allowing such a thing and not only that um, who's fighting the war anyway it wasn't just uh wild drunken soldiers the talmud explains as we explained last week that the soldiers in the jewish army were the most righteous people they were tzaddikim they anyone who had any fear of sin who had done even the smallest sin was told to go home they were only people on a very high level so why what's going on here not only that like you might think well maybe in times of war everything's permissible the answer is is that Uh, The Rambam explains that you're only allowed to eat non-kosher food in times of war if you're starving. The Torah says you can't even chop down a fruit tree in times of war in order to lay siege on the enemy city with the wood. You can't even use the wood as a battling ram or to make fires if it's a fruit tree. So you you, you have to live according to the highest standards of spirituality even in times of war. So why does the Torah allow you to marry a non-Jewish woman? So, um, furthermore, the Orach Chaim who we're going to talk about in a moment, great kabbalist from Morocco from several hundred years ago, Chaim ben Atar, he says that when a when a righteous person like this was in the middle of a war, he's doing a mitzvah, and in times of mitzvah, you're protected from these sorts of base desires. So why is he desiring this woman? So, I'm going to share with you three explanations of this interesting story and, and they all and really i believe they all tie together into one idea so rashi says lo torah the the torah is only speaking against the yetzirah against the desires of the body what does that mean so how do we fight against our yetzirah how do we fight against our evil inclination our bodily drives that want to pull us away from spirituality and towards selfishness there's only one way to do it and that's through not fighting against it and trying to restrict the body, rather channeling the body, U- utilizing the body's desires in the realm of a mitzvah. You see, the Torah gives us mitzvahs which all involve more or less all the physical pleasures in the world for the most part, just in the right way and the right time that's going to allow us to connect to God as opposed to being pulled down by the physicality as a, As a pleasure in and of itself, we utilize physical pleasure in in the service of greater spiritual pleasure. so channeling our animal and in times of war, the animal comes out in times when we're using our base physical body in a in a physical way, the body comes out and the Torah here gives us the opportunity to channel the animal. If a person has a, a physical lust utilize it in the right way and that's really the secret of mitzvahs mitzvahs are signposts throughout the day to remember god now there are essentially three different types of existences in this world according to kabbalah there's something called um mitzvah that's something that's holy that's called kedusha that's something that's holy where god is revealed explicitly through that thing like a uh, Torah scroll or um something that's inherently holy um a pair of tefillin but and then there's something called an avera a sin and and that's something that is inherently not holy now and then there's something called Rushus. Rashus is a gray area It's not a mitzvah and it's not a sin. It's basically parf. It's not. It's it's doesn't belong to either denomination. And then the question is, how do we deal with that? Where does our real service of God take place? Does it take place in the holy, in the not holy, or in the gray? So Kabbalah teaches us that there are really three different types of creations. Like we mentioned, there's something called kedusha, and that's something that reveals God. It's it's transparent. It the light of God completely shines through it. Then there's something that we said a sin or in the physical world that's called klipas klipa klipa means a shell or a husk and kabbalah teaches us the physical world is made up of something many of, of a klipas of husks that hide god's existence god is hidden in the physical world and there are some klipas that are completely opaque they completely block out god those are known as the the gimel klipas timaeus the impure husks they're completely dark you cannot bring god out of that those are things that are always forbidden like like pork or certain sins they're not they're it's not possible to bring out the godliness in those things and then there are things that are called clipus noga clipus noga is a husk that that shines that means there's a little bit of light of spiritual divine light that's coming out of that husk and those things are the things that are, like we mentioned, rishus. They're the gray areas. Those are things like food. Food is klepasnoga. noga. Why? Kosher food, that is. Non-kosher food is is from the dark klipa, dark matter. You can't reveal God through a through non-kosher food. But the kosher food is it's a gray area. It's not a mitzvah, and it's not a sin. To eat a burger on a Thursday night, so that's permissible. You can do it. You don't have to do it. Right? On Shabbos, it's a mitzvah to eat. So that's different. But in a regular day, it's, it's a gray area. Uh, listening to music is a gray area. Um, playing sports, maybe even watching sports, gray areas. So uh, sleeping, to some degree, beyond your immediate physical need, is a gray area. Relaxing, hanging out, schmoozing, right? These are all the way we spend most of our time. There's a lot of gray areas. So Kabbalah teaches us in Hasidus that the real, our real work as a Jew takes place in the gray. That's really where our true spiritual work takes place. And our, uh, Kabbalah teaches us that when at the beginning of time, when the world was created or in the sin of Adam, sparks of godliness became scattered throughout the world and they became hidden inside the mundane, inside the physical. And our job as Jews is to reveal and bring out the spirituality that's latent, hidden, latent within each and every thing in this world. So, the Talmud explains that the reason the Jewish people go into exile is to bring back converts, the souls, Jewish souls that were that were born in non-Jewish bodies, and in that note it's also our job to convert the physical matter of this world to spirituality to find the spiritual that's hidden inside the physical so really the reality is is that there's no such thing as gray everything in this world is either a sin or a mitzvah it all depends on what your intention is how and why you use it if you eat a burger on thursday night And you and it's kosher and you make a blessing and you eat in order to have energy to be healthy. And your intention is to have energy to do mitzvahs, to do good things, to do good deeds with your life, to fulfill your purpose. So then eating is a tremendous mitzvah on an even higher level. If you eat and connect to the spirituality within that in that food and think about the godliness and actually work on elevating the sparks within that food, the holy sparks. So it's an even higher level. On the other hand, if you eat as a means, an end in itself, just to enjoy the pleasure of the food, and it's not Shabbos. On Shabbos, there's a there's specifically uh, a mitzvah to enjoy the physical on Shabbos. So on Shabbos we eat, and that at itself is a mitzvah, even just to enjoy the pleasure in the food. But during the week, if you do just just for the pleasure of the food, or for energy in order to do bad things, so now that eating has become a sin. It's become a negative. So when we say that the the there's there's mitzvahs and then there's a vera sins and then there's gray area, what's called Rashus, which means in your domain or permissible, it really means it's in your domain whether or not to turn it into a mitzvah or to turn it into an avera. It all depends on your intention. Sleeping, sleeping is a mitzvah, you need to be healthy sleeping too much is wasting time wasting life becomes a sin it's all up to you and really it's all subjective there's no rule on when something is necessary or not you're the only one that can know with the help perhaps of a mentor a third party who's objective and can help you see schmoozing with a friend uh, listening to music watching a kosher video Is it necessary? Well, if you need to relax in order to be healthy, in order to be happy, so it's a mitzvah. If you're doing it just to waste time, just to occupy your life with something that's not meaningful inherently, so it's a waste of time, a waste of life. It's a sin. I once heard from a great rabbi, basketball. Basketball is, if you're needed to be healthy, to exercise, or to let out energy, or to let out stress, tremendous mitzvah. If you're doing it just because you enjoy it, it's a tremendous waste of time. Says the rabbi, the difference between mitzvah and sin is just a fine line. He said, good luck, good luck figuring out. And you need to be very careful in analyzing how you use your time because time is not money. Time is life. How do we spend our days? What are we living for? Are we living for the basketball or is the basketball giving us energy to go and do what's truly meaningful with our life? I heard this week I spoke to a, an old family friend this week whose who the son is a uh, is a life coach very successful life coach he has thousands of followers every few weeks he travels to a different country around the world doing seminars and he's really really uh, living the life And when I was younger, I would really, a dream of mine was to do something like that, was to travel a lot and to inspire people. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, he's not, he's definitely inspiring people. The question is, is it meaningful? Is it truly meaningful? So I said to his father, I said, his life is really, sounds really fun, but it doesn't sound beautiful and it doesn't sound meaningful. Why? Because although it is meaningful to help people, it's much more meaningful to have a family and to help to be bound to people because when you're constantly doing what you want to do so ultimately you're always in charge and ultimately your whole life then is filtered through your animal soul your selfishness because it's all about you you're not bound to anyone bigger than you or anything higher than you it's all about what you feel like doing when you want to do it which is really the lowest level so we find by a lot of new age spirituality Um, that's about fulfilling your potential and and meeting your goals and following your dreams, which is all amazing things. But the question is, what's it for your potential for what, then what, once you've achieved your potential and gotten through all your blocks and your fears, what do you do then? Do you then utilize this tremendous energy just to fill your own selfish desires? Then that's the opposite of spirituality. That's utilizing spirituality for physicality, for selfishness. And that really is the definition of idolatry. On the other hand, do we utilize these spiritual tools in order to become givers, in order to become selfless, to put other people's needs above my own? And ultimately, that's what spirituality is about, and marriage is the training ground to do that. And then having kids on an even higher level, getting woken up multiple times in the night to to give to your kids is a lesson in selflessness. So what's our goal ultimately? Is our goal to... Say, what can I do? How can I utilize my potential, my life force, my energy, and my pleasure to serve a greater good, to serve God? Or how can I utilize the spiritual powers of the soul to serve my lower desires of selfishness and, and my own immediate pleasure? So our job is to convert the physical world to spiritual. The idea of tshuva, which means repentance, really, or to return, uh, is, is the the Tanya uh, Hasidic s- s- text explain comes is really broken down into two words. Tashuv, hey. Tashuv means to return. The hey, it is referring to the last letter of God's name, which corresponds the Shekhinah, the divine presence, which is hidden inside the physical world. So that's our job, and. Every action in our life is a means of connecting the Creator or connecting to our yes, to our body, and our base physical desires. And that's why this week's Parsha has the most mitzvahs of any Parsha in the Torah, 94 mitzvahs, because this Parsha is teaching us the goal of mitzvahs. The goal of mitzvahs is to transform the physical world into a spiritual world, to take physical objects and lift them up. Bring them back to holiness. So that's answer number one, is that the Torah is giving us a means to channel our bodily desires in the service of God. Says the a a slightly deeper explanation. So he says, why is it that you're desiring this woman if you're on such a high spiritual level, the soldiers who are going out to battle? Why are they desiring this woman? He says, because what they're seeing is a spark of holiness within her. That's why they suddenly notice her and see the beauty of this woman because they're noticing the spark of her soul a righteous convert who needs to be brought back to the jewish people so they bring her home and they make her ugly they cut her hair and they cut her she grows her nails long or she cuts her nails depending on how you understand it and in order to see after a month is this spark still there do you still see that beautiful spark within her in which case, then she's meant to come back to the Jewish people. Then said the Urochaim, an, an even deeper explanation. He says, When you go out to war on your enemies, he says, is talking about the soul's descent into this world. The soul comes into this world to do battle, and immediately the soul is kidnapped by an enemy. The enemy is the Yetzer Hara. The enemy is the bodily desires the soul is beautiful but it gets captured and kidnapped and covered over each and every one of us has a beautiful soul a spark of perfect purity within us sometimes it gets covered up by years and years of trauma negativity bad habits but it always remains beautiful inside and every once in a while you get a glimpse of the beauty of your soul what do you do in those moments bring it back into your house try to bring it back into your body try to connect the body and soul connect to the soul how do you do it you take off the clothes you shave the head you cut the nails all this refers to the externals remove the external behaviors try to focus on the internal of who you really are and have her sit in your house the house represents the base medrash the synagogue The house of prayer and study, and cry, cry for a month, for her father and her mother. The father represents Hashem, her heavenly father. The mother represents the Shechina, the divine presence, who's hidden within the world. And try to connect for who who you really are. And when do you do this? For a month, says the Orchaim. What month? The month of Elul. This month in the Hebrew calendar, which is a month reserved to to return to who you really are a month of tshuva, a month of literally to return to God, or perhaps more importantly, to return to yourself, to where God lives within you. And this is the month of true connection to yourself. So if we were to tie all these ideas together, when you go through life, we have impulses and desires to do selfish negative things. Our job is to recognize that those pulls towards physicality, towards food, sex, lust, money, power, within that, it's coming from a spiritual place. The soul is really looking to connect. To connect to the spirituality within those experiences, within those things. Within the food, there's a spark of spirituality. Your soul is longing to connect. In intimacy, your soul is longing to connect to another. And so on and so forth in every experience. Your job is to connect to the soul within you. And through doing so, you can connect to the soul within that thing, to the spark of spirituality within that thing. Learn to do it for a mitzvah. Not to let the physical pleasure be an end in itself, but rather learn to uplift the physical pleasure by utilizing it in the service of God within the boundaries and the guidelines that the Torah dictates. The right time, the right way, and the right place for the right intention. And then literally we can have our cake and eat it too. We can connect to the physical pleasure while also connecting to the soul and connecting to God. I want to wish you all a beautiful Shabbat.